This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Adele, and today's episode is connecting to the source. In today's episode, I'm going to go way off the rails and talk about some stuff that's going to challenge your belief system and potentially get you to stop listening to me. So, I've been on this personal exploration, right, of what what religion is, right, what God means, who is this higher power, what is the voice, how do all these things work together, who is right as it pertains to religion, does any of this sound familiar to you, right, have you yourself questioned any of this ever? Right, I'm hoping I'm not the only one in this conversation that has had these thoughts. Right, I grew up in a, a Baptist household of sorts. We certainly weren't the type that went to church every Sunday. I don't want to overstate this. But I have been baptized. We went to church more than just on you know the religious holidays. And I would have identified as a Baptist. Right? Believe in God, the Bible. And with that idea, it's almost this preconceived notion that if you at any point question that, you're basically getting a one-way ticket to somewhere very hot. And not Florida, right? Hell. Now, maybe I'm not right with this. Right? There's a good chance that that's not what the Bible says, and that's not what the preacher said inside the Baptist church, but that's the way that I received it. That is my perception of what the reality is. So I'm going to believe that to be true for me. If it's different, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you and open up a dialogue, right? I believe that I learn the most when I have open conversations because I don't have all this figured out. I'm just sharing what I feel like I know is my current version of what my truth is. So from growing up inside this Baptist church and then realizing that I didn't really want to go to church on Sundays. When I didn't want to go to church on Sundays, I ended up feeling riddled right, with this shame and this guilt. Like, man, if I don't go to church, does that mean I'm going to hell too? Does that mean that something bad is going to happen to me? As a teenager... I was doing everything in my power to break all the sins, right? Drinking, sex, name things, right? Like kind of was working on that eternal damnation as it would pertain to the Bible, my understanding of the Bible. But then eventually someone shares with me at some point, and I believe it was someone that grew up in the Catholic church. I believe. And they shared with me that as long as you repent for your sins, right, as long as you could go into their church and go in and talk to their priest and say, like, I confess, I did all these bad things, they would give you steps, things you could say or do, and the sins were forgiven. Like, man, that's a good setup. Right? You, you, can, you can make a bunch of bad decisions. And then show up in a church and this guy that has the same skin that I have, right? Looks the same, feels the same, 
acts the same. He says, you know, you're forgiven and tells you some stuff and poof, it all just goes away. I'm like, huh, let me go to this Catholic church with you once or twice. Let me see what this looks like. And I go and I show up and I remember how interesting it was that it felt so mechanical. Right? Sit, stand, kneel. Sit, stand, kneel. It was like a preset. Like you could look at what the sermons were going to be for like the next six months. Like, man, where's this? Where do they get their, their information from? Like, how do they know what they're supposed to talk about? Then realizing confession and what that meant and how that looked, I realized very quickly that Catholicism was also not for me. Now, I'm not knocking you if you're Baptist or if you're Catholic. More power to you. I want you to honor whatever religious sector serves you. Right? I'm not claiming to know who God, quote unquote, is, but I'm going to walk you through what I have been through to get to my current level of understanding. After Catholicism, I kind of just, let's say, swore off religion, right? Because it wasn't an aggressive thing. It just didn't serve a place for me in that moment. I was very, very self-serving. might surprise you if you're new to this show, but my entire 20s were relatively classified as a shit show, right? Infidelity, lying, cheating, big business successes, big business fails, all types of stuff like that. Well, as I get to the mid, mid and back side of my 20s, I find myself in a relationship with someone that grew up studying Judaism. Like, man, maybe this, maybe this is the deal. Right? I don't know something about Baptists. That wasn't really it. Know a little bit about Catholicism. That didn't really feel right. Let's see what's up with Judaism. Well, it started with a piece of information that I couldn't understand what the rabbi was saying. Right? I, I wasn't proficient in Hebrew. I didn't have the fancy hat on my head. I know it's a yarmulke. I'm not being disrespectful. I just didn't have it. So I didn't feel like I fit in. And I didn't really feel like I was welcomed. Which then had me question that religion because I thought that every religion was supposed to welcome me with open arms because I thought we were all God's children. Man, what is going on? This, this isn't the right fit either. And so back to the drawing board, right? I'm not actively in pursuit of a religion. These are just things that are coming into my, you know, perspective, right? Like I'm able to see these things and experience them and like test out and feel what one seems right to me. Well, none of them do. And eventually that relationship takes its ebbs and flows and it goes away. And I fast forward to being with my wife. My wife grew up a Catholic. Right? That was her religion. So she was very familiar with it, but she didn't adhere to the typical constructs of Catholicism. Right? I don't believe that her and I have been to church together one time since we've known each other. Beautiful. Right? Okay. So she's open-minded. Right? There's not a lot of shame and judgment around religion. There's an acceptance in her mind that there has to be a God and it has to be the God that she read about as she was, you know, going through whatever the Catholic schooling was called that you have to go through in order to cross over and become baptized and all the things that you do. 
but she encourages me to go out and explore, right? Not explore with other women, not, not explore anything like that, but explore what this higher power could mean to me. And at some point during this, this journey, I get exposed to the law of attraction. Like, man, what is, what is this whole deal? Like, this sounds like some woo-woo crazy stuff. Law of attraction. I can just think about something really hard, and I can think about it, and I can think about it, and poof, it's going to show up in front of me. I can manifest anything. At that point, my logical brain was way, way, way too constricted to even fathom how that was possible. I thought it was all nonsense. Law of attraction? What? Started reading some of Esther and Jerry Hicks' work. Started seeing how maybe, maybe I should just be open to this possibility. Mm, but I don't really know. Right? What I do know is still Judaism didn't make sense to me. Baptist, Baptist didn't make sense and Catholicism didn't make sense. But I'm still being called. Like I'm, I feel like this, there's an answer that I can't figure out and I need to have an answer. I need to have an answer because I need a definition because definitions make me feel safe. And if I can define something, then I'm good. Well, so they say. Right? I mean, think about your life right now. We define everything because if we can't define it, we can't understand it. And if we can't understand it, we feel unsafe. And if we feel unsafe, our internal wiring goes haywire. Which leads me to question, why are there so many religions? Is it possible it's because we need definitions and tribes to adhere to what those definitions mean in order to make us feel safe and part of a unit? I don't know. But that stuff started crossing my mind. Then I started diving down this metaphysics rabbit hole. Right? What's all the stuff that we can't see and touch but yet seems to still exist? Right, as you look at the molecular structure of an atom and you look at, and I'm going to botch this, but let's say the atom, let's say the nucleus of this atom is the size of a tennis ball and I'm holding it in my hand right now. The electron that's spinning around that, that nucleus is going to be like two miles away. It's going to be two miles away from where I'm sitting with a tennis ball in my hand and it's going to be slightly larger than a grain of salt. That's what happens if you take the size of an atom and you expand it into something that you can actually understand. But yet everything around us that we feel is solid, we have never touched something that's solid. Because the solid item that you're now reaching down, like that's not true, I'm in my car right now. The steering wheel's solid, kind of. My friend, your perception of that steering wheel is it's solid because you need a definition for it. But it's always in motion. Those atoms are always moving, and there's more vacant space in that steering wheel than there is actual matter. So there ends up being, you know, definition in the chaos of the fact that these atoms are always in motion. And by the nature of that definition, we now feel safe yet once again. All this is coming to my presence of awareness from the metaphysical studies that I've done, right? I've you know, bachelor's and master's in that as far as it pertains from the University of Sedona in Arizona, right? This is not some sort of highfalutin, show up to a university, do a bunch of studying. It's all at homework, right? It's, it's all coursework that I can take digitally. I'm studying it because I want a deeper understanding, which is why I'm halfway through 
a doctoral study. It's not because I need to put PhD or doctor or whatever it would be in front of my name. It's because I'm super curious about how this stuff works. I need the definition because I'm trying to still feel safe. And in my pursuit of a definition, in my pursuit of testing out these different religions, and in my pursuit of trying to understand the law of attraction, I eventually get into plant-based medicine. Right, I've shared that. I've had an experience or two or three, whatever it's been with mushrooms, right? Psilocybin. I didn't use these medicines to go out and party. I didn't do it to escape reality. I did it to understand a deeper part of who I am. And through that deeper understanding of who I am, I started to receive a different understanding of what the universe really means and how we're all interconnected. You see, for the first time, as I went down that rabbit hole, I was able to feel what it meant to be something greater than myself and that we are all truly connected. And so I start looking, man, there's more vacant space than I can understand. We use definitions to keep us safe. But those definitions by nature keep us separated, which is the opposite of how we're actually supposed to live because we're all one. And now as you're saying, I I can almost hear you from my seat. What do you mean we're all one? That sounds ridiculous. Let's take a couple steps back into the religious conversation from the way that I view this. It's just my view. It's not saying that it's right. It's what I'm keeping as a definition because it makes me feel better. If we look at every religion that I know so far, there is one deity that we pray to. Right? Different for every religion. We'll say, at least in baptism, because I'm most familiar, you pray to a god. Right? And the god had a son, Jesus, and Jesus died on the cross, and the, all these stories, right? which we can assume to be true if you'd like, or we can assume them to be false if it makes you feel better. I don't care which one you're going to assume. That's for you to decide. But at some point, it's kind of understood, at least in my perception of what baptism is, that God created everything, right? The trees, the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars. He created me and he created you. It's also my loose understanding, very, very loose, that there's a rough understanding of the same mindset or methodology as it pertains to Catholicism as well as Judaism. If I'm wrong, please feel free to attack me because I very well could be. Now, there are different gods or different deities in both religions, but nonetheless, there's one higher power. So if we all came from that higher power, it could be said that we all came from the source. Right? The Baptist God would be the source for all life. So we're connected directly to the source because he made us all unique. We're all divine. We're all one of a kind. So then we're all straight descendants from what we define to be God. So we came from the source. Like he is the source. But by the nature of that, then wouldn't the definition of who I am and who you are, if we came from the source, wouldn't that then make us sorcerers? I mean, that's the definition of what comes from a source is you are a sorcerer. Well, gosh, right now, I know when I say that out loud, there's a good percentage of you that are listening saying, if a sorcerer, that's bad. 
Well, you can't be a sorcerer. That's, that's, that's witchcraft. That's wizardry. Maybe for you it is. I don't know the answer. I'm saying if we came from the source and we accept the fact then that our definition, because again, it keeps us safe, is that then we would be sorcerers, then we could create divinely just the same way that God does. Which trickles into the fact of me stating previously that we all create our own reality and my version of reality is the only one that matters. Because I can't see yours. I can't compare mine to yours because I've never walked in your shoes and I'll never be able to other than the fact that we are one and the same because we both came from the source, so we are both sorcerers. And poof, like that, the light bulb pops above my head. Holy shit. We are all the same. When I show up on a call and the person in front of me is feeling pain, why is it that from a computer screen, without them saying a word, I can feel their pain? Why does that exist? Could it be that we're actually connected in a way that we can't understand? Because let me challenge something for you just for one more moment. We'll go back to that explanation or example, which I'm sure is off on scalability of the atomic structure. If there's that much space floating on all around us and our perceptive lens, right? Our eyes that we see through, we can only see roughly 5% of the visible spectrum, roughly. We could look at that the other way and say 95% of what goes on around us, we cannot see. And 99% of what is happening in front of us as far as tangible items and space, we can't understand. So in this moment, as you're listening, you could be in the presence of beings, creatures, energy, ideas from an entire different capacity than we can even fathom understanding. Right now in the car as you're driving, if your passenger seat is empty, there could be a creature, a being, a thing watching you, taking notes, communicating with the source. Perhaps that being is just more advanced than we are. It's crazy to think about, but before you shun this and say, oh my God, Ryan's falling off the, the rails. Let's think about an ant for a second. You see an ant walking on the ground. You can sit there and yell at the ant. You can look at the ant. You can stomp your feet for the ant. That ant just keeps walking, right? That ant doesn't go anywhere. That ant doesn't tip his head backwards and say, what the fuck do you want? It's like you don't even exist. Why don't you exist to the ant? He doesn't have the perceptive ability to recognize you are there unless he can essentially touch you. You don't exist. From that very nature, is it out of the realm of possibility that there's things going on all around us that we can't understand? We can't see them. We can't touch them. We can't understand the true magnitude of spatial recognition. What makes you so convinced that you know the answer? So what's happened is I went on this journey and I started thinking about, okay, 
there's a source, right? There's a source for everything. There's a source that exists. And then we're sorcerers or create our, create our own reality. Well, if I can create my own reality, why don't I start to do that? Why am I watering myself down and playing by other people's rules? Because I'm the one that creates the rules. And so then it starts making sense about what manifestation might actually mean. Our manifestation is not thinking about something and bringing it into my wheelhouse. No, 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 my friends, not the way that I view it. Manifestation is the fact of if I accept that I'm a sorcerer, I'm connected to the source, and I'm made in the divinity of that source, I am one of a kind, and I'm connected to you and you're connected to me, then as I increase my level of consciousness and I focus on positivity, right, because positive energy outweighs negative energy, we won't talk about the sum total zero of energetic balance right now. We'll simply say that in studies done on a clinical basis, that one person emitting positive vibrations, positive energy, can counteract the negative emotions of 90,000 people. So if I can tap into that positive wavelength and if I can own that and embody that and I can eliminate the toxins from my life, not only what I'm ingesting in my body, but what's more importantly stuck in my mind. And if I can release the repressed emotions that have existed inside of me, if they go away, right, because those are keeping me stuck, those are old things I haven't dealt with, which are negative emotions, which are low frequency and vibration, which are keeping me stuck. If I can release those things and I can start to focus on the desired outcome from a place of authenticity, realness, connection, and understanding that I am a creator. And I sit down and I think about what I really want and why I want it. And when I go through a checklist and it's all for positive means, am I doing it from a good place? Am I being authentic in myself? Am I supporting those of others? Is this based off greed and internal validation? Or is this based off of worldly views? When the answers are all positive and I focus on that with consistent growth and effort, all of a sudden it begins to manifest itself or come into my area of acceptance in my life. If you're challenging this belief system, I'll have you consider, I sit here in this little studio in Columbus, Ohio. At some point I got tired of carrying around all my shame and guilt and hopped on this microphone and dropped all my bombs. I didn't have very many big things left to share. I don't think I have any big things left to share, but I'll keep sharing. Through that timetable, some of you have decided to reach out and connect with me, hop on my mailing list, share time and space. Some of you have went so far as to say, hey, will you help me overcome what I'm overcoming? Well, you see, I thought about this three years ago when I met a guy named Greg Anderson. Greg Anderson had a coaching protocol, a platform. Greg Anderson was shutting that down and said I could take it over. I had stories in my head that I wasn't good enough, that my belief systems weren't strong enough, that I hadn't walked through the fire with enough conviction to be able to lead other people, but I knew I wanted it. I knew it was something that was calling to me, but where does that voice come from? Where is your intuition derived from? Could it be your godlike self? And you cringe, well, how can I have a godlike self? I would challenge you to say, how can you not? You can only understand 5% of what's going on around you. Is it out of the realm of possibility of a higher self that is present with you every moment of every day that is trying to gently tap you on the shoulder and say, listen up, dumbass, go right. Don't go left. 
I don't know. For me, it's completely possible. And not only is it possible, it is probable. Not only for me is it probable, it is the way that I've chosen to live my life. Because if I'm connected to the source and I accept myself as a sorcerer and I'm living in a holistically positive manner, pouring in value to the world, helping other people achieve what they want, how can I not end up getting what I'm destined to receive? It's not possible that I don't. The whole idea of lack and scarcity is an internal wiring that can be rewired into abundance because is the universe finite or infinite? And then if we came from the source and the source created everything and the source created the universe, then the source created infinite possibilities. Well, if that's true, then you too have to be infinite. You would have to be. There's no other way those pieces go together. And so why wouldn't you adhere to the mindset of abundance? Because you can create all that you want. In my opinion, it's because the religious dogmas that have existed keep us trapped by definition. I'm not telling you to debunk your religion. I'm not saying that what you believe is wrong. What I am saying is, is it possible just for a moment for you to be open to a possibility that there could be something different than you currently believe? Is it possible that none of us really have it all figured out? We just do the best we can in every moment. Is it possible that some people seem to just be able to get whatever they want whenever they want because they're accepting that it's not only possible, but it's their divine right by being a sorcerer or attached to the source? I know this podcast has been way out there. I get it. I know there's a good chance as you've listened, you think I'm off the rockers. I'm off the rails. I love you either way. As I shared to begin this show, I'm simply sharing what is making me feel safe with my defined belief system. Because I've been searching for definition and perhaps there'll come a time in which I can no longer define it this way, so I'll pivot. No different than when I was growing up, I had defined myself as a Baptist and the God that I read in the Bible and his son Jesus were the ultimate saviors and he died on the cross for me and I knew that as long as I was sorry, right before I died, I would end up in heaven. And I believe that to be true. In this current moment, from where I sit today, right here, right now, if we are infinite and everything is in motion and we are all energy, that means I was infinite prior to being born. I get to be a spiritual being experiencing a human existence. That would be what we call being alive. When I die, I get to go back to being infinite. And that the heaven that we had or I had previously defined might actually just be returning to the source. And the source of all things is energy or God or whatever you want it to be. I'm saying when I started thinking about it this way and I started living my life this way, better things came into my life. So I'm going to run with it. I'm going to run down this path of additional studies in metaphysics. I'm going to run down more the path of Dolores Cannon. I'm going to run down the path more of Esther and Jerry Hicks. 
Eckhart Tolle, plant-based medicine, understanding or what I believe to be my understanding of the way the universe works. I do that because it's exciting to me. I do that because if I experience something new, I want to share it with you. And maybe now's not the time where you can hear it and receive it. Maybe this is so polarizing. You're like, I am done listening to Ryan. That's fantastic. I hope you come back. I hope this eventually taps you on the shoulder and says, man, maybe this guy has a different perspective. I should at least consider being possible. It doesn't have to be right. Is it just a consideration? Because what I found is when I have considered new opportunities and I have shied away from requiring a definition in my life, those are the times where I've been able to get the most done. Those are the times where I've been able to expand at the highest capacity, right? The definitions that we create are the things that keep us safe, but keeping us safe is like keeping us stuck. And aren't you tired of feeling stuck? What happened if you stop thinking of yourself as rich or poor, of a success or a failure? What happens if those didn't exist and you just said, we're all the same? By that statement, you would have the ability to create and produce the same thing as anybody else at a moment's notice. Wouldn't that be a better way to live for you? Wouldn't you feel better waking up that way every day? I know I sure do. And from that mindset, from that capability, from that place of processing power, that's how I show up every day here and get shit done. <laughs>